Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Gate Drop podcast on thegatedrop.com. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and this is my interview with none other than Jim O'Neill, number 15 in your program, number one in your heart, and we talk a little bit about his journey over to the United States, do a little bit of riding in SoCal, thanks to Stapo MX, and uh, his preparation for the British Championship. Enjoy. And now, with us on the line, we've got none other than Jim O'Neill. Jim, how's it going? Oh, good, Brad. Yeah, good. And yourself? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, hanging out here in uh, in cold and blustery Canada, calling you up in Ireland about, uh, what are you, eight hours ahead of me? Um, I don't know. Eight o'clock in the evening. midday with you? Sorry? It's eight o'clock in the evening with me now? Oh, okay. It's only early uh Five hours ahead of me. It's uh, it's it's five five p.m. here or three p.m. here um, on the, in the in central time zone here in uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. But uh, Jim, you're you're a guy who um, most people might not know about. You're racing the uh, the the British Championship this year. But uh, the two of us um, shared accommodations in 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 SoCal, staying with Stapo MX. Yeah, I went for my uh, went to training in uh, California. And uh, coincidentally, met yourself in uh, at Staples Place, yeah. Good. Absolutely, good a couple of guys. It got. On, I think we got on pretty good the, for the four weeks that we were down there at the same time, uh, going riding a few different times, uh, more than a few times to uh, going out for dinner, and uh, just I don't think you got, ended up getting out to a Supercross race, but uh, uh, good times in California. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. It's kind of it's a place to be for the winter, isn't it? You know, get away from the wind and rain for me, and get you out of the snow. It's kind of it's in the center of everyone's across uh, world in the winter, really. What uh, What made you want to go down to uh, SoCal rather than uh, some of the other locations? I think some guys go to Spain, some guys go to Belgium. What was your uh, um, kind of like your motivation to go down to, to California, call up Stapo MX, and uh, take them up on some accommodations, a bike rental, and the whole nine yards? Yeah, well, I've done the Spain thing quite a few times, and uh, I've really constantly riding hard pack on the prepared tracks where bar you go to Red Sands but you're gonna if you go to Red Sands you're gonna be riding the same place constantly. So it's gonna be good to go to California. There's got so many good tracks like winning our drive of where staples and in Lake Outsnow and like you could go to maybe ten tracks in forty five minutes and put an extra half hour onto it and you go to Kahi and all those other good places. So, you know, it's on every time you go to a track it's first prepared. They're getting the bikes sort of getting fresh bumps and the track kind of replicates more racing, where if you go down to South Spain, the tracks are kind of left up for maybe a week or two or three, and then some places might never get graded, and you're riding on stale bumps, so it doesn't kind of feel like you're riding on a racetrack like you replicate when you come home. For sure, absolutely. You guys uh, were, were able to uh, take advantage of, of a lot of different tracks. I believe uh, the tracks included uh, Paula, Paris, Milestone, which you didn't like, um, Glen Helen, Cahia, <laughs> uh, Lake Elsinore. Uh, you even raced, uh, you did one race in, in Arizona. Um, you, you rode a lot of different tracks, and I think that was a huge benefit to you. I think you, you did a ton of riding, and uh, I assume that you're probably in uh, just about as close to mid-season form as you can be at this point in the year. Yeah, exactly. I've kind of I've been hit the ground running, and it's just as I got home, I got... Um, on the weather there was a big uh, snowstorm coming so I messaged one of my buddies and we actually jumped in the van and drove out to Belgium so 
So I did some riding in London and Dunkirk in France. We went up to Eindhoven for a day as well. So I kind of just kept the ball rolling. I was off the play. I got back home on a Saturday road, home on a Sunday, and then prepared everything and got everything we got in the van and we left for Belgium on the Tuesday. So it was literally only home a week and a day or two. So we, um, yeah, I'm pretty ready to go. And then as we were driving back from Belgium to France to head for the first round of the championship uh, last weekend, the snow had all melted in England and the track was flooded, so we couldn't race it. And it's kind of looking like we're going to be in that scenario this weekend, although the race isn't cancelled yet for the first Irish national, but I can't see it going ahead the grounds too wet here as well. Fair enough. Nothing uh, nothing like uh, some early season racing in Europe to bring some mud races. You got, Between mud and sand, you guys are, are pretty... Uh, Pretty well versed in some adverse conditions in uh, within motocross. Uh, I don't think it's 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 not really all that un, un like uh, unusual for races this early in the season to be uh, to, to be cancelled. Yes, no. It's quite unusual. Well, they normally tend to have the first couple of races in sand, so that they will run. But yeah. this year, the season seems to start a little bit earlier than normal too. We're normally kind of late the end of March. You know, would be kind of the first round, but like. The first British was last weekend, so you know, was it was the eighth of March, was it or the eleventh? It's kind of it was a little bit, maybe three or four weeks too soon, and that unusual yeah. snow kind of ruined things as well. But yeah, we, we'd be used to riding in the mud; that's not an issue. It's just when the paddocks, you know, where we park and everything, everything was just so wet. We got like an unusual amount of rain, like we normally race in the mud, but just at the minute, everywhere is just so soaking wet. Like the rivers are full, and the whole countries are just soaking. Well, no doubt, and uh, yeah, like you said, nothing that you would shy away from, but definitely not uh, anything like the uh, the soil that you were riding in California. I think one day when we went to uh, Lake Elsinore, it was um, quote unquote muddy at nine o'clock in the morning, but also it was rock hard and dusty by ten thirty, eleven o'clock. Um, like, did did you come back to to to, to Ireland and uh, like most of your your mates back there uh, kind of quizzing you and, and ask you questions about uh, um, the La La Land that is uh, Southern California because uh, that's every motocross racer's dream right there. Yeah, when I got back, um, like you know, like you just said, you know, that I remember that day in Elsinore was like uh, in the morning, the track was too bad. And you've got like that small window that you kind of have to get used to to see when you're going to ride because uh, the tracks go from good to bad in a very short period of time. But I suppose we were lucky enough to be under the watchful eye of Staple and Brian Veros, who was just kind of every day to keep us you know, on track and he always knew what time you were going to be where and get your motors in at this time because this track would be gone off early. and you know Things like that was great to have Brian there to kind of help me out when I was in SoCal. But yeah, when I got home, everyone was yeah intrigued and asking how was it and how did I get in contact with so many people? How did I get the white power suspension? How did I get to this? You know, it's like it's like constantly repeating myself to everybody of how the trip went and all the fun I had along the way. No kidding, you almost need to uh, get a little like kind of uh, a pamphlet uh, laid out. Uh, you can just like hand someone your 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 California story so that they, you wouldn't have to regurgitate yeah, it over and over yeah. again. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Heading down to Stapo's place, the guys got an absolute compound of uh, of basically motocross greatness. He's got a, a full shop to work out of, a bike wash station, tons of accommodations to stay in, uh, uh, regardless of your st- if you're staying uh, in. The, he's got like kind of almost like a, a side house. Uh, I know he had some someone sleeping uh, in uh, like some different rooms in his house as well as you, you and I were actually staying in uh, in a fifth wheel trailer, believe it or not, uh, which was kind of cool. Yeah. 
But uh, the, I think his biggest asset it goes by the name of uh, of Brian Medeiros. That guy was basically your uh, uh, California tour guide. I know the guy has to do some riding of his own, but I think that was a huge, uh, huge benefit and a huge kind of uh, uh, aid to your enjoyment of the trip because uh, Brian would take you anywhere you needed to go, even if uh, if even if he, even if on certain days you didn't want to go there. Yeah, yeah, Brian was one hundred percent. I remember. We got back from that race in Arizona, and he rode MX1 and MX2. That was MX2 on the Saturday, and MX1 on the Sunday, so he did two heavy days riding, and and he did all the driving from Arizona back to SoCal, and uh, I wanted to ride, because it was coming into my last week, and I wanted to ride the Monday, and uh, where did I go that morning? I rode the PAL on the Monday, and uh, I think April was too busy doing April, because we couldn't come, and uh, Brian... Offered, yeah, no worries. He took me. It was, you know, he's he's a top guy. Like there was never, and that was ever an issue. He grew his way to help you in any way he could. So, you know, it was brilliant to have him there, Absolutely. along with senior and Dennis. Every, everyone, the whole it's a, such a good atmosphere there. You know, seniors the same. You know, you have a hundred laughs with Dennis Senior and then Dennis as well. Just you know, he has all the contacts. And he's got, you know, he's got everything you need. He's got like the perfect, uh, perfect setup. Really, you know, if, if you need something. Just ask Dennis and he's going to know someone that will get it for you and you'll have it organized pretty soon, yeah. Absolutely, Dennis Senior. Uh, the definitely the uh, the glue that keeps that place together. That guy is uh, is, is, a, is a he's almost a, he's a throwback. That guy like, lives life at a, a, a slightly different pace than everybody. Uh, he's a, he's a simple man that just gets shit done, and uh, I really appreciated that about the guy. He, like anything that needed to get done. Uh, He'd get on it, and he made sure that, uh, and, and Dennis, Dennis uh, Jr. as well, making sure that you had the WP suspension uh, that was basically, uh, from my understanding, you were one of the only guys to have uh, that s- suspension set up uh, on your yeah. RMZ. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they were pretty much the, I don't know, like, the final R&D on the white power suspension before they go into production, so we had two sets there, and I kept, like, testing different settings then. Michael came out as well, and we got, you know, we done a day in Cahiers, came to the final, pretty much setting that we were all happy with, and then they sent that set away to Europe and asked, what could I take another set? Well, I think the Swedish wanted to go over there from Europe, Austria, and they weren't too happy about uh, me having a set back, so I had to give relinquish my other set as I was coming home from America. But yeah, it was great to have the experience of working with, you know, such a high-level suspension company in America. And, I learned a lot from the short time I had working with those guys, and it's actually going to help me a lot going into my season. Where about the now, as I get home, I had to go out to Belgium and uh, get some KYB factory suspension out there, and I done testing with them guys as well. So, the kind of the knowledge I picked up working with White Power was really beneficial as I started to work with KYB with uh, some stuff I have for my race bikes now. Definitely. Like uh, any testing that you guys can get done uh, is, is help you feel comfortable on the motorcycle. What have you decided on as far as uh, suspension setup? Are you going to go with KYB for the season, and uh, and how different it was the feeling uh, switching brands like that? Yeah, I'm going with KYB. Um, I got really good there for finishing long there. So I finished testing there last just there last week was my last day with them and. Uh, for sand, and I go back out maybe in three or four weeks time to test with them on. Hard pack when it's drier, but yeah, I'm really happy with the setting we got. It kind of it took us a while to get it. Um, I think the technical guys were a little bit 
surprised with how far off it was as well from the start with, with the first set they came with and then the second set and then they were turning stuff down at the track and working on it and we never could get something that we were comfortable with and they agreed from watching it wasn't what it was should be either so they went to the shop on the Tuesday night and uh, made some big changes and then we came back and tested another two sets on the on the Wednesday and we eventually got them to where they're really good now so yeah I'm looking forward to going racing I think they're in a, in a great position no doubt. Once the weather uh, cooperates with you, be able to hammer down. Um, and and what are the goals for 2018? Obviously, you wanna you wanna be doing better in the British Championship than, than the past. But I think you've also got some serious aspirations to end up uh, on this side of the of the pond uh, sometime in September. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, like the main goal, I suppose, is uh, main goal for the year is to ride more nations for Ireland. You know, as long as Dreamed in race and then uh, jumping rock with leap. So that was one thing I wanted. The two things I always wanted to do: jump rock with leap and ride for Ireland designation. So kill two birds with the one stone and get after it this year. But um, to get there, I need to be as well as a top ten in British Championship. But my main goal in Ireland is to win the Irish and Ulster Championship. So fair enough. Well, hopefully you are able to do that. Yeah, you've shown you showed some speed while you were here. You're getting comfortable on the motorcycle. You're a really smooth rider. Uh, it's actually tough to t- tell when you're going fast because you're really smooth on the bike. Um, who did who do you kind of model your uh, riding style after? Uh, who did you look up to as far as Ireland goes? Uh, growing up, um, so every young kid in Ireland looks up to Gordon Cocker. You know, he was kind of the old school, smooth two stroke king of you know. Of more cars, you raced Bichon, who another guy I would have looked up to, but especially Gordon Crocker, you know, he was such a inspiration to all those young kids in Ireland. Seeing him, he won some GPs and he was third in the world and he was multi British champion and Red Bull athlete and all the things everyone looks at and thinks, geez, I'd love to be him, you know. And, um, like, yeah, Gordy was always smooth and I worked with him a couple of years on uh, technique riding and stuff and, you know, smooth and fast is kind of his motto and that's what I kind of like to try and go myself and just open up the track like right like a, a MotoGP track or something he taught me a lot and uh, you know ride it like that rather than just dive straight into the inside turn hard get out you know you need to make everything flow and stuff like that so yeah I suppose you could put all not put all into Gordon but kind of that's what I would have kind of liked to inspire to ride like as him yeah Gordon Parker. Gordon Crocker, that's a guy that I probably have to call up at some point to uh, to do a podcast with. Um, what about uh, what about more modern guys? Obviously, someone that you probably have to uh, hit a gate drop with at some point. But uh, um, you're young enough to have kind of almost looked up to a guy like uh, Tommy Searle a little bit. Uh, what about some other uh, like um, like uh, more more recent uh, Irish guys? Um. Not so much reaching out. I don't I wouldn't look, have kind of, um, you don't probably you probably don't look up to guys that you have to race against, do you? No, no. Um, I like Sean Simpson. I'd be more of a Sean Simpson fan than a Tommy Surf. I'm not. I'm not against either of them in person, but the old riding wise, I'd be more into where uh, Sean Simpson's kind of style of riding and the way he gets things done, kind of more quiet and low key. I wouldn't be into the big flash kind of game of some of the guys, but um. Yeah, I'd like to be a Sean Simpson fan because I'd say that, yeah. Fair enough. And Dean Wilson fan. Dean Wilson. Oh, the Scottish guys, like Scottish guys, yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think I pissed you off a couple of times this year uh, trying to just, uh, like, just, uh, mistaking you from for Scottish or Irish, I, Irish, 
uh, like, did do you, do you get a lot of that uh, when you're traveling uh, abroad, or, or like, uh, was anyone like, did did anyone ask you a funny question about uh, being Irish as, when you were over here in, in California? I suppose the best one of all had to be we were at that pole uh, cart. What was it in the what's that called in the um, pole position? Pole position cart, yeah. And, uh, there was this uh, girl there, and uh, she asked, she was asking where do they race, and I said I raced in in England. And she turned to go, oh, is that against Brett Metcalf? I was like, no, definitely not. No, that's uh, <laughs> a different like, continent altogether. England to Australia is quite a vast. Uh, Difference in those two, but um, I get it all the time. But I suppose a lot of people in in America being Irish is like every second person you talk to, their godfathers are Irish, or their great granddaddies are Irish, or you know, I think every American spires to have some sort of Irish. In them. Definitely, especially uh, uh, in in about three days' time, uh, which is is a pretty special day for uh, for for your your country, my friend. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. You know, it's yes, not going to celebrate. Yeah, it's crazy to see how far the Irish people have traveled and how much they've done for such a small country. No doubt, everyone everyone wants to be Irish on that day, and I guess uh, you'll be you'll be get like hopefully like uh, hopefully you maybe you are uh, kind of hoping that this weekend gets uh, canceled as far as the race goes because uh, then you get to enjoy uh, St. Patrick's Day in full bore. Yeah, and, and this St. Patrick's Day is actually a, a big rugby match for Ireland to win the Grand Slam. They went unbeaten there. Uh, in a rugby European rugby tournament, and uh, they have to play England in England to be to win the Grand Slam. So they've already won the Six Nations, and to win the Grand Slam, they would have to be England in England on St Patrick's Day. So Ooh. there'll be a lot of beer consumed for that match. But you know, after racing was cancelled, you definitely go and enjoy that one. But like, but on the other side of things, I really want to get racing because I put all this effort in now and. I'm kind of eager to get behind the gate and go and get going because it's like always oh, put this effort in and the race was meant to start last week. Now it's meant to start this week, and yeah, I just might to get the ball rolling. Let's yeah, let's get some gate drops. Let's get some results for uh, the number fifteen. Uh, first, before I let you go, why 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 choose that number? What's what, what's your infatuation with the number fifteen? It's my birthday. I was born on the fifteenth of September, so uh, oh. uh, first I used to run one five nine. Um, well, I ran nine till September for the ninth month for a while in the 85s, and I went to the bigger bikes, nine was gone, and then I ran 159 in the, the school by 250, and then when I went to the adult class, 159 was gone, so I went 915, and then uh, ran that for a couple of years, and then um, got the results to be able to run the number 15 then, so yeah, that's where that came from, it's just like my birthday, 15 September. 15th of September, circle that one on the calendar. Make sure you uh, find Jim on social media uh, and wish him a happy birthday on that day. Speaking of which, Jim, where can people find you on social media? Where can people follow along and, uh, and keep tabs on uh, our, uh, our our Irish correspondent on the other side of the pond? On, on, on the other side of the pond. Um, on Instagram, we think it is Jim underscore 15. Yes, if I'm right. And on Facebook, it just find me as Jim O'Neill. And Snapchat is Jim O15. Jim O15. Find them, follow along, and uh, and Jim, I really appreciate you making some time for us in the the evening hours in in Ireland, and uh, hopefully this weekend. No worries, uh, is, I appreciate the call.